This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. Come on, go ahead and clap your hands and praise God's name. Hallelujah. I really needed to do this. I needed to stand up on your feet and greet three persons. Tell them, just like you prophesied. This is your moment of favor. <laughs> and if the person is not smiling, please stay there. Just keep holding the hand. <laughs> Clap your hands, everybody. Let me be flat. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. We can all sing together. I search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none like you. Let's sing it one more time from the bottom of our hearts. There is none, there is none We give you glory. You are the giver of life, the giver of strength, and the giver of power. Let nobody walk out of this place the same way they came. We set the atmosphere for the miraculous this morning as we give you glory in Jesus' name. Anoint your word from my lips. And impart it in their lives. And may we all be transformed by your word to the likeness of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Clap your hands, everybody. You may be seated. I am so excited to be here at the invitation of Pastor. And it's a new family that I just joined, my wife and I, and it's for me a great excitement because, um, like I always say to pastor, the, the strongest thing that pulls me to him is his heart and that of his wife. It is such a huge magnet that pulls you and such, such heart will never lack God's favor. Amen. Today, I'm going to share with you, and we're just going to spend about 60 minutes in God's presence. Now, as I'm talking, I want you not to take the shovel. I want you to take the hole. If you understand farm tools, the hole brings the sand to you. The shovel takes it away from you. So as you hear God's word today, pull it towards yourself. There's already healing in the atmosphere. Uh, trust me. When I see the footprints of my father, I understand Jesus is here already. Can we just clap and welcome the Holy Spirit into our midst for... I'm sure you ought to do better than that. You're welcome. Glory to your name. Amen. I feel an anointing, a very strong anointing. A very strong one. I'm going to share with you briefly, undressed for favor. Somebody say dressed for favor. Psalm 102. 
verse 13. Let's take, let's take verse 12. Let's take it from verse number 12. But thou, O Lord, shall endure forever in thy remembrance unto all generations. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is come. Favor, literally, is defined as an act of kindness to someone. And for us as children of God, is God's benefit towards us. Now, amongst the over 7 billion people upon the face of the earth, why will God choose you to show favor? Now, I need you to follow me a little closely more because something is about to erupt from the core of your destiny. Favor is what brings tomorrow to today. Favor is what makes the testament written in your past that does not conform with your destiny to disappear. Favor is that thing that brings you from a hole and makes you a king. Favor is that thing that makes you serve a president and rule the president. Favor. Favor is what annuls the size of your certificate and satisfies you for destiny. God loves man. That is why he favored him. If God never loved us, he wouldn't favor us. Now let me take your mind back a little by letting you know that man is God's idea. He made man intentionally to have dominion over everything that moves upon the face of the earth. Now as at the time this scripture, this command or instruction was given, this pronouncement was made in verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1. According to the theologians, chapter 1 verse 1, in between chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 2, the Bible, the theologians make, make us understand that that was when Satan was cast down from heaven. Now having this understanding, at the time God was instructing man to have dominion over everything that creepeth upon the earth, in verse 28, Satan was here already. So God is not a respecter of your circumstance, but he is a respecter of his word. Satan was here when God asked mortal man or man to have dominion. Over Satan and everything that was on the earth. Permit me to let you know this morning. That God will not consult with your past. To herald your future. That you were messed up. That you were beaten down. That you, that you, that, that you were put down and, and humiliated. Is only a sign. That greater things are coming. Now if I were you. This morning I will be getting ready. To come out of those grave clothes. I'll be getting ready to come out of those sack clothes of mourning. Because it's a new day. Hallelujah. Somebody give God some praise in here. Now, when man fell, God made provision for man's salvation. This is the most amazing mystery in all of the scripture. The Bible even makes us know that it so amazed the angels that they kept peeping. They kept going to spy into the archive of prophecies of things to come. Trying to understand how God will redeem man. You know why? Angels only understand judgment. They don't understand favor. You know why? When they fell, God cast them down to the earth. But when man sinned, when man fell, God promised salvation. Oh. That speaks mysteries to our understanding when we catch it. 
Hava means progressive revelation. In literal terms, to become. That means you cannot exhaust, you cannot exhaust the revelation. So when you put the name together, you have God, the almighty God who progressively reveals himself. Means there's no C finish in God. Mm. If you don't try to edit the English, but we understand. You know what they call C finish? Uh, C finish. There's no C finish in God. That is why the angels cannot stop shouting in heaven. What makes the angels? Literal theology tells us that the angels came 6,000 years before us. If we take it as literal as, as they describe it, what will make the angels, the 24 elders, the innumerable number of angels, and mysterious beings in heaven to keep shouting, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, endlessly. Do you think they are just trying to appeal to God's glory or they are mesmerized by it? You know, when you want to serve a royal person, you always want to find favor. So you want to dance so he will see you dance. When it's not there, you can even curse him. But under the presence of glory, what is revealed pulls you in. Bible says the love of God constrains us. That is what I'm talking about this morning. Such glory that is revealed. That's why God said to Moses by the name Jehovah, was I not known unto your fathers, but I have revealed his name to you. In 33, in the 33, third chapter of, of exodus and 34 chapter god said to moses i will cover you in the cleft of a rock i will put you in a place by me and i will pass by you and i will reveal my glory when my glory is revealed and i must have passed by you you will not see my face because if you see my face you surely die so i take my hands off you and i pass by you and then you see my back now when god began to reveal himself to moses moses never saw the end of god Likewise, the angels. Now, let me describe God to you in a little way I understand it. God is not just the supreme one. Eternity lives in him. Now, in case you want to understand eternity, eternity is confusion in our brain. You understand? All those of you mathematicians, if you try to analyze what eternity is, your computer will explode. Now, that's who God is. Now, the, the angels are meant to live forever. Likewise, man who is a spirit that has a soul but lives in the body is meant to live forever. That means for the rest of our existence, not in this flesh, for the rest of our existence, both in this flesh and in the world to come, we will never see God finish. And let me tell you the most amazing thing is that every morning his mercies are new. Every morning. Oh, somebody's getting blessed this morning. Every morning. That means if you put sugar in your tea yesterday, most likely today, he will apply honey. And because he's the power behind nature, he knows how to arrange those formulas to change the recipe. He's conscious of you. That's the God we serve. And there's another word in Israel that when it comes, it brings peace. And that's the word shalom. It means peace. Hmm. The interpreters in English just use the word shalom and they say peace. But permit me to let you know that the word shalom, when we say Jehovah shalom, we are not talking God our peace. Because there are many wealthy people that are troubled. Mm. Presidents of nations are troubled. When Obama entered, his hair was very, very black. But right now, his testimony has changed. Because great people are even troubled. Troubled people most likely are ruling everywhere. But when you have the peace of God, peace is not the absence of war. Is calm in the presence of war and turmoil. And he has become your Jehovah Shalom. Peace does not talk about you having rest of mind alone. The actual word to describe the word Shalom is prosperity. That means your health will be intact. 
your bank account will be good. Your business will prosper. Now, I'm trying to show you God before I go into certain things. That is your God. He's your Jehovah Shalom. He gives you peace. It means he gives you prosperity. And not prosperity in two dimensions. It's in 360 degrees. That's the plan. Hallelujah. Go ahead and praise him if you really want to. And because, and because God is the God who keeps revealing himself, it actually means your prosperity will be increasing from levels to levels. From dimensions to dimensions in your health. And otherwise, that is why the believers don't walk by luck. Luck is an act that comes to you by coincidence. But grace and favor is calculated. He looks at everybody and he comes to you and says, You, come here. Is anybody getting me this morning? That means God has chosen to bless you intentionally. Calculatedly. And let me tell you one thing about God. That he said it means he will do it. Waiting, push him, talk him. He don't push him, do him. Favor. You are not an accident. You are not an accident. He said, ah, my, father, my mother was not a legitimate wife of my father. How does that concern you tomorrow? I don't know Mr. President. He'll be there for his tenure. If God grants him favor, he might come the next tenure. But that's not the point. After eight years, he cannot, he cannot rule us again. Mm. Yes. But the mercies of God endures forever. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, there's one mystery in Israel called the Ark of God. The Ark of God was a box made of wood and overlaid with gold. Not to go into the details, but look at it. The Ark of God was a sign of the presence of God. Every time it enters a battlefield, Israel will be most assured that the battle will be won. You left your homes this morning. Some of you came troubled. Well, let me tell you, the ark of God is here. Uh, yes, yes. Now, when the ark of God entered the camp of Israel, and the Philistines knew that that same ark had come again, hey, they shouted, well, I don't come. Why? Because they knew they must lose that war. They must lose the war. The presence of God cannot be with a man, and he loses in battle. Yes, that guy might have told you he loved you and broke your heart. But when you carry the presence of God, someone is running towards you in a hurry. Praying, oh Lord, if only I might just meet this lady. And it's coming in style. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jordan experienced the ark. When the priests carried the ark and stepped their feet into Jordan, the Bible says Jordan split into two. Actually, they describe it like this, that Jordan saw it and fled. You know when they say somebody waka, it's different from when person run. Then when person run, it's different from when somebody flee. Am I am I in the right place this morning? yes. Jordan saw the presence of God and ran away. Oh, one day, one day, one day. God told Moses, stretch out the rod in your hands. And Moses stretched out the rod. And the Red Sea, that was their hindrance, split in two. And they began to walk on dry land. They didn't say muddy, muddy sand. Please, get the, get the scripture clearly on dry land. What would turn an ocean into a desert? Only the power of God. Then, then the prophetess, Miriam, wanted to explain it. He said, that same ocean became a wall to the right and a wall to the left. Which means that your deprivations will become your protection. That thing that tried to stop you will become your defense because the wall talks about defense. Now, the, when the wall stood to the right as a defense, it told the waters to the right, stop here, don't move. When it stood by the left, it told the water to the left, say, stop here, don't move. I hear a voice this morning. 
saying to those things that told you not to move forward, those things that told you that you cannot go beyond this point, stop! Don't move beyond this point. And I say to everything that has troubled you before now, enough is enough! That happens when the ark of God is there. The Philistines took the ark one day, thought it was a magic box, and kept it in the place of their, of their God. The name of the big guy there was Dagog. So the big guy. The ark was just a box. Big guy standing. When they came back, <laughs> he broke his hand, <laughs> broke his legs. And by the time trouble began to set up in, in, in their nation, they called Israel, please, these two people left here. Come and carry it. With this thing, we don't understand it. That's why Jesus said, as many that are born of the Spirit are like the wind. No man understands where it goes. No another do they understand where it's coming from. Your pastor might be anointed to prophesy over your life, but he might not have the details. When you have the Spirit of God, he shows you another horizon. That is why what you need to walk in favor, I'm talking about dress for favor this morning, is the presence of God. The presence of God. The presence of God. It makes darkness turn into light. Moses said, if your presence will not go with me, please, Lord, don't send us anywhere. Let us just die here. Obededom took the ark into his house. While the ark was inside his house, his field was doing well. His flocks were doing well. He was prospering on every side. He had continuous blessings. Hallelujah. Now, the ark in our days talks about a life that the Spirit of God lives in. Now, that ark is no more. Be the ark was the ark because the presence of God was in it. But now the Holy Spirit lives inside of our hearts and he has given us the life of Christ to express the nuances of God, to express the dynamics of God. And when we carry God, we cannot suffer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are three most important things about the ark. Number one is the testimony of the, of the rod of Aaron that boarded. We talks about the resurrection, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And talks about the emergence of a new church. Talks about the, the, the end of an old era and the beginning of something new. And we had uh, the, 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 the manna. Um, we talks about how God can, can, can feed his people. It's a testimony of the miracle working power of God. And another is the tablet of stone. Which talks about the covenant. And this one, permit me to present it to you this morning. That if you want to carry the presence of God in your life, the number one thing you need is the word of God. Pastor stretches his hands and prays over you. It's one dimension. That one, I call it the pool of Bethesda experience. Where it happens once a while. What happens when the devil comes knocking at your door at night and pastor is fast asleep? What would you do? You need the word of God on the inside of you to face everything that is in our world that is confronting you. The next is that you need the Holy Spirit which is the power behind resurrection. And for all these things to work in your life. You need a direct contact with God where you just don't read this word alone, but the word lives in you and has become flesh. So we talk about the Rema, we talk about the Logos. The Logos is the written word, the Rema is the spoken word. And the working of the Holy Ghost has got to be in you. And this burden is a testimony. When you apply the word and the spirit to every testimony, it tells you that no mountain can be too strong in front of you. That you cannot overcome. Mountains keep like ram. The Red Sea saw him and ran away. Egypt was smitten by the power of God. How do you keep the presence of God in your life? Number one. 
desire. Do you realize that the same Jesus that walked on water lives on the inside of you through his spirit? The same Jesus that opened the eyes of blind Bartimaeus and commanded the dead to rise. He lives on the inside of you. But why are you not opening the eyes of the blind? Why are you not casting out demons? And why are you not commanding the dead to rise? It's because you are not connected. If you have a system, a computer system in your house, and you want to print out, you must connect the computer to a printer. The printer is called an output device. Otherwise, it will stay there in your PC, in your iPad, in your all the pads and all the C's. There must be a connection. Many of you don't experience the supernatural because you don't desire it. You don't experience the supernatural power because you don't desire it. That was one of the first things the Holy Spirit taught me. That you must desire my presence. He said, and when you go to every congregation, any congregation you go to, you must desire that I move in the midst of my people and expect me to move. That is why I know today, today, not today. He's moving already. Praise the name of Jesus. So, desire the presence of God. Number two is that you must have a time where you study the word. You must study God's word. Not just the one that preached from the pulpit. You must read God's word because this is God's personal letter to you. Ah, they told you you must finish the whole Bible. Take it from me. Don't finish the whole Bible now. Finish it later. But start and make it a culture. Because when you want to think about finishing the whole Bible, you won't even know what they're talking about inside. Have a fellowship with the word. They told us those days that if we don't pray for one hour, number three is prayer. They told us if you don't pray for one hour, you cannot experience the power of God. It's a lie. Permit me to tell you that. I was head of youth intercessory body in my church, for my church for, about, for almost nine years. So I know what I'm talking about. It is not in the length of prayer, but it's in the connection. Have you not found out that at certain times, I worked with Archbishop Benson Idahosa. By this time, I was, I've become um, the leader of the intercessory body for like four years. But when I met this man, I found out that when I'm around him, if we're in a hotel or something, and I, and I want to make some intercess, intercession, what I do is like reading script. Father, thank you for this, this thing. You know why? Because as you are praying, you just find out that the prayers are answered. What gives that kind of atmosphere around that kind of a man is because of consistency. So it is not in the volume of time, but the quality of time. Your iPads are always on, connected to the internet. Your Blackberry is always there. You're on WhatsApp. You're on every, every social media. And you are praying and talking to people at the same time. There must be a time where you are separated from those things that try to pull you back. That time is when you connect. Bible says, David said, a day in your presence is like a thousand years. You know why? Because that time well spent can create all the future you need. Never leave your house without saying good morning to Jesus. Not in a ceremonious way. But in a way that where you are lost and conscious that you are still in this world. Until you get to that place where you, be, where you die every day in the place of prayer. You are not praying. If you like, spend five hours. I fasted for days uh, without food and water. I came out. The first thing I saw was temptation. Hello? I mean, I mean if you have ever been there before. So what God is trying to teach us is that is, it, is the consistency and continuity of our devotion. Why would God not just put all the power you need in you once? Boom! Because he has the power to do that. It's because he wants to fellowship with you. Oh yes. Yes. If not, God would have just made it to be that when you get married as a married woman, the first time you make love to your wife, all your desire for love making will end. Do you know why God, no matter how much you do it as a married person, you are never satisfied. Another day again, when she passes by you, just, my Lord, holy God. It's because God wants that fellowship to continue. Okay, that's not a holy thing to say. Is it? It is. 
Trust me. It is. God misses you when you are not there. I, I came to him one day and he said, Victor, I missed you. I said, Lord, I, I was, he said, yes, but I missed you. We normally meet at this time here. What is a consecrated moment in your 24 hours? What is it? <laughs> Let me tell you, by this king's rule, David so created the presence of God in Israel that, that his son never fought one war all through his reign. The presence of God is a gift that you must go and take. What time do you spend with God? You, you know, I said something and I dropped it that you don't need one hour first. You know why? <laughs> Let me explain. Some of you said, what those prayer people teach us those days is that Jesus asked his disciples, why will you not pray with me? Can you not watch with me for one hour? One hour. Pray with me for one hour. And yes. What would somebody like Peter pray for Jesus for? The same Peter that told Jesus that he would not die. Now, what was Jesus' prayer request that night? And that's the first thing we should ask. His prayer request was, Lord, let me not go there. That cross, no way. Peter would have been saying, Amen. You won't go. You won't go. You won't go. But the will of God is that go Go, go. Peter would have been, there would have been disagreements. Thank God they never prayed with him. And Jesus, as at that time, don't forget, Jesus was 100% human. He was lonely. Every man that wants to attain greatness, at certain time in your life, you must feel alone. That is why greatness is a very lonely place for your information. Those of you who have been praying, God, make me great. You'll be alone, oh. Yeah. You'll be alone. Hmm. The top, that's why Few planes fly in the air. If cars were to move like planes, oh Lord. Voila for do. Hmm. So when Jesus was asking for prayer, he just needed company. They won't understand the terms. You only can pray with a man when you understand the prayer request. The prayer request was no cross. But if it be thy will. That was why there was... When he was praying... His blood vessels ruptured and he entered into the sweat pores and he began to sweat out blood. That's a chronic, chronic point of stress in a man's life. It's a rare case, but it's there in, in medical history. When he saw the cross he was going to face and how they were going to whip him so much that he would need nothing less than 2,000 stitches to cover the stripe on his back. He told God, see, this thing changed it. It wasn't because he was, they would understand. Peter would not understand. So remove that one from the reason why you must pray for one hour. That's why many of us don't pray. Start with five minutes. Five minutes every morning. Let me tell you, when love grows, desires increases. And when desire increases, oh, sacrifice increases. You don't, you don't tell your wife, last week I bought you a new dress. You went, to, you went on holiday to Paris on my account. You didn't say thank you. I will not do tomorrow. You don't say that too. You don't say that. You know why? When love is there, the spending is just with joy. You'll be spending money. All your bank account, yes, yes, oh baby. You make my heart glad. My heart is running like the railway. Oh yes, spend more money. Correct. Where do you want me to go? This is where you go. Because she's holding your mumu remote. So when there's love, that's why David said, as the deer panters for the water, so does my soul long after you. I was teaching in church a couple of weeks ago and I said, desire, hunger is the strongest sign to show that you are spiritually alive. People want power, but they want it thrown at them. Power in the faith does not come by throwing upon. It comes by fellowship. I finished praying one day. I came out of my house. I met a young boy. He greeted me. Good morning, sir. I shook his hand. He started crying. I will not see him again. Did I preach to him? No. Well, I remember there was a time after spending much time in God's presence and I enter a hall. I mean a hall for a meeting. People start falling. I have not even started. I'm entering the hall. 
People start falling under the anointing. And one day, and after a while, I missed that anointing. I missed it. Because I told God, I don't want it anymore. It has taken me more than 10 years asking for it. What I want is God's presence. You see, all these, all these things can't work without the presence of God. If you are elected, after your tenure, you go. If you have the presence of God, after your tenure, that's where your life starts. The next is gratitude. You must thank God for everything you have. And thank him for the ones you don't have. You know, many of you, you always want to, ah, my uncle, who, uncle, uncle, the senator in Shagari's time, he was the one, ah, he, but for him, I would have been a waste pipe. Thank God for my uncle. The uncle is a mere mortal man. And God said to the people, when you come to the place of the promise, you must realize that it is me that gives you power to get wealth. You must realize that. When you have a thankful heart, God's favor will never elude you. Trust me. It will never. Because you know it. That it's not by your might, it's not by your power, but by the grace of God. For we are not who we are on our own. We are who we are by the grace of God. You stretch out your hands towards a blind man and his eyes popped open. It is not your power. I went to a meeting one day. It happened to be a campus meeting. And you know, these students, they are very terrible sometimes. And they were making noise. Anybody that comes there to minister in songs, they will shout, Milo! You know that kind of stuff. Can I get a witness here? Yes. Now that was how the whole place was. And I sat down there and I began to pray in the spirit. I said, God, the only reason we come to church is to meet with you. How can these people come with Milo and go back with Milo? Something different must happen. And I began to pray in the spirit, began to pray in the spirit. And the Holy Ghost just told me, relax. As soon as they mentioned my name and I came out to the platform, if you drop a pin on the floor, now, somebody asked me, how did you do that? I don't know. I just stay connected to God and his presence walks through me and the miraculous begins to happen. Instantly, miracles began to happen everywhere. When I made the altar call, those Milo boys up there, they were the first to run. They didn't walk. They ran crying, drenching their sweat, weeping. Have mercy on me, Lord. Have mercy on me, Lord. That is the presence you need in your workplace. That's the presence you need at Asso Rock. That's the presence you need. It makes your field prosper even while you are at home. Ask Obededom. I'm not preaching today. I'm just reading some scripts. So is that alright? The next is patience. If you must walk with God, and carry his presence, you must be patient, knowing that there's what they call delayed gratification in the body. There's some things he doesn't want you to have now, he wants you to have them later. That's why when you spend time with God, you will not be worried like others. When they tell you by now, you're supposed to be a minister, you minister in Asso Rock, you're supposed to, you do all these things you've done, nobody's even remembering, you join them to be crying. You're supposed to be thanking God, you know why? He holds the key to your life. There are levels of favor. That's what they call the best seller experience. What happens to you once and after that, it takes a long time for another to happen. But that's what I call the continuous blessing. The continuous blessing is that one that works with you on a daily basis. It's there. It's there. The Benson Dowsa University had a court case with the people they bought the land from. The Archbishop bought the land from years ago. They called them the Elema family. They made another case after the Archbishop died. And finally, they lost the case. And now, fine, they have other properties. But when they lost the case, one day the son of the Archbishop, Bishop Ferbidausa, went to meet the man to negotiate 
about the land. By this time, there's a very rich man in our town that had offered one point something billion to the family to buy the land. But the, fa- the, 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 the owners of the land is asking for about 500 million or thereabouts from the Archbishop's family. And that man says, no, you know, when somebody wants to sleep your sleep, do you understand that one here? Person wants sleep your sleep. Sleep won't belong to you. Another person wants sleep him. So that you will not have sleep to sleep. And they take paracetamol more for another person's headache. Do you understand that kind of a situation? When the man came, he said, your father appeared to me and told me, if I sell this land to another, I will die. Archbishop died 15 years ago. And should I tell you the truth? The man is dead. When you carry the presence of God, it does not just speak of the presence. It speaks for the future. What kind of glory would you like to give to your children? Is it a fat bank account that they can squander when you are dead? Or the presence of God that you can hand over to them that they can cultivate and bless their generations forever? Some of us have schools here. If the literal education is the only thing that it takes to change a life, the Western world would have had better moral life than we. It is the presence of God. Except the Lord builds a city. In vain will the people. What you need is not money. What you need is not position. What you need is the presence of God. Is the right suit to wear for living. Is the right gown to put on. You know, I was, I, I, was, I was looking at the word glory and I found out that literally it means gown. Gown. You know when a woman is dressed for a very beautiful location, a gorgeous gown, that's what it means to have the glory of God. And I found out that God always wants to show off what he has. You know, I've heard people say God cannot, one thing God cannot do is to praise himself. So we must praise God. It's a lie. It's a lie. Who mentioned his name to you? Who showed you himself? Now, in the process of showing yourself, it's just like having a fiancé, you want to marry her. You say, baby, come. Let me go show you. Let me go show you. My bank account. You see, this is my bank statement. This is my property. This is my property in Paris. This is the one, these are the ones I have in New York. You understand what I'm talking about? That's what God does when he comes in his power. That is why today he's dressed today. The Bible says the train of his robe fills the temple. You know what he's doing that time? He sway. God is spread. He spread. You know what they do the spread? In the boga for the matter. Until you have his presence. It's the only flight you need to take. God don't spread full ground. Nothing to happen. He's seen tomorrow. And that's why he sent me to tell you. Join this train. It's the only train that leads to tomorrow. Without high blood pressure. Somebody ought to celebrate God. I'm wrapping up now. What God is going to give to you, prophetically, I'm speaking right now. Some of you will step into some political positions. Some, some of you will step into some new dimensions of favor. But look at it. Some of them will appear for a while. We stay for a while. But if you follow the principles taught in this church, and follow this principle that I'm teaching you right now, what God is talking about is where you will own a large mass of industries. It's going to be cognomerate. They are going to bring solutions to our nation. They are going to bring solutions to Africa. But you know what? He's going to connect you to certain places where you just go there for a while. But what will sustain it is the continuum. The continuation comes by the blessing. You're going to own estates. I wrote it down. Vast estates. Vast estates. 
that you're not just going to be a politician elected into office because some of you will have some new favors for election. But it is that after then, you are going to become a stronger voice for solution. Now, if you are writing it down, take note of it. Because it's a new day. And the Lord spoke to me and said that some of you suffered some loss recently. I don't know how many of you. We said I should tell you to be still. Because he is God. As you are getting dressed today, know that tomorrow is guaranteed. The superior key is to live for God. When you live for God, your tomorrow is assured. In the book of Luke chapter 6 verse 26, the English Standard Version, this is what it reads. It said, look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into bands, and, are yet, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than this? God cares for you. He's concerned. Now, God's favor is God's benevolence. It doesn't come by labor. If it is by labor, go to where they do mechanized casting of slabs and beams. See where men are carrying concrete on their head. Those people would have been richer than the president of Nigeria. If it is by labor. But when favor is applied to a little effort, it gives a multiple effect. Now see, because God knows tomorrow, he knows what distance you need to cover. And he knows what energy is in your body. Now because he understands these two things, he knows how to apply favor to your effort. So that in case your energy cannot carry you for the 10,000 miles you need to get to the next level. Favor becomes your springboard to lift you to that spot effortlessly. Did I say it well? Did you get it? You have more value than the birds in the air. In the book of Psalms chapter 8, if you read from verse 1, the psalmist began to talk about the majesty of God, about the glory of God. And asked one question, what is man that thou art mindful of him, not the son of man? In verse 5, that thou should visit him. What is man? Now you might be asking yourself today, who am I? I want you to know that you are God's choice. That he chose you, he chose you in spite of your family background. He chose you in, in spite of how you've been messed up. He chose you in spite of how many times your heart has been so broken that you thought you'd never resurrect. He chose you. Now take note that all your sufferings are signs for your tomorrow's greatness. Sometimes the deeper, the deeper the pain, the better the glory. That is why when the Lord turns again the captivity of, their, of, of the children of Israel, they are like people that dream. And thou crowned him with glory and honor and made him a little lower than the angels. In the book of Esther chapter 2 verse 15, I read from the King James Version, it says, and Esther obtained favor in the sight of everyone that looked upon her. I speak to you by the power of God. After today's meeting, every man that looks at you will favor you in the name of Jesus. He was a, she was a slave girl. Even as a slave girl, God showed her favor that everybody wanted to help. Have you, have you, have you gone to places where as soon as you step in, Please come this way, come this way, move this way, move this way. They start navigating you through all the pathways. Before you know it, you are where you want to be. That's the kind of favor I'm talking about. It will happen to you. It will happen to you. She was a Jew. And as at that time, the Jew was not a privileged race. That she had to hide her identity. Some of you have been hiding. If they go to where your family lives, <laughs> it's not this one we're talking about. Some of you have been hiding. But a time is coming where you will be able to show them that photograph. And you say that was then, but this is now. In the book of Daniel chapter 1 verse 9, the Bible says, And God made Daniel to find favor, compassion, and loving kindness with the chief of the eunuch. That's the amplified translation. Favor. He found favor. 
And guess what? Daniel set four kings and ruled them. You see my opening? When I was opening, I, I made mention about, you might not be the president, but every decision comes from your table. That's the type of favor I'm talking about. And not in deception. Because every word of counsel that the president obeys from your lips, from now, will move our nation towards the positive direction. It's not just for your pocket. And you must realize that every, the blessings God is talking about, the favor that God is talking about in this season, is not to make you eat and become fat. When you know that the blessing is beyond your immediate family, and you honor God for it, the blessings will never stop coming. God will never stop supplying when the channel is true. That's what they call coagulation of fluid. When there are some coagulations inside the pipe and the pipe is blocked, it reduces the degree of supply. Even though the tank of supply is full, it can only supply but a little. Take note. The blessings coming upon you is not for John Oka for a loan and his uh, four children and his uh, beautiful Lolo. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a blessing that will affect nations. Blessing that will affect generations. Blessings that will free people. Do you know why? It is you, Jesus, taught to feed the hungry. It is you, Jesus, taught to feed the poor. It is you. He taught, he taught to clothe the naked. How can you clothe the naked when you cannot even clothe yourself? God is saying to you, your season of favor has come. And take note, you are a coded seed in a dangerous ground. You are a coded seed in a dangerous ground. So you must be careful and not get yourself corrupt. Even though Daniel walked amongst hidden, I don't worship us. Do you know, when they couldn't classify Daniel's anointing, they called him to be among the magicians. He wasn't a magician. He was an anointed man. He could tell about tomorrow. When their ignorance was leading them, they called him one of the magicians. The wife of King Darius said, King, relax. Relax. Don't worry. There's one guy in this kingdom. Your father Nebuchadnezzar walked with him and he suffered no loss. No hard saying threatens him. That's the spirit coming upon you. That's the grace coming upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Where you are the one to affect the system and not the system affecting you negatively. You must know that you have been chosen for a time as this. I herald your glory days. In the name of Jesus. God wants to rule through you. Wake up. This is morning time. In, Samuel, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 26. The Bible says. And the boy Samuel grew. And was in favor. But with the Lord and with men. That's the American standard version. He grew. In another translation say He was increasing in favor. Oh, I love. I, let, let, let me let me read another translation for you. The contemporary English version. The Bible says in 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 that in that First Samuel two twenty six. It says each day the Lord and His people liked Samuel more and more, liked him more and you know when people just see you, they just want to they just want to love you. They just want to favor you. You must understand. You must understand that you are a ruler. You are a ruler, and you must position yourself as such. God wants to rule our nation through you. He wants to rule Africa through you. He wants to rule the world through you. Hmm. They liked him. Even though he was growing outside the leadership of his mother. But they liked him. Some of you might have been disconnected from your family. But because of the favor of God, you are going to be lifted. Now, take note that as at this time, Samuel was growing under Eli, who was a failed prophet, failed priest, he had a, dis, he had a dysfunctional family. His children were raping women in the temple. They were eating all the guongo in the temple. All the sacrifice meant for God, they were chopping it quickly, quickly. And as at this time, this would have been a bad place to bring up prophet Samuel. That is why, listen, listen, listen. I saw some of you, but one of three of you who are having problem with your sons, with some of your children. Bring the presence of God to your home. The world will stop influencing them. You know when you pour water into a gallon of oil, 
They are called immiscible liquid. Samuel was never corrupted. He became one of the most efficient and effective prophets all through the history of Israel. He lived among bad people. Your children might be moving out in that place where you don't see them sometimes. They are in university. They are in different places. When the presence of God is with them, they are not going to take the contaminant. God's favor is upon your life. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 18 verse 3. The Bible said, Abraham said, when the, when the Lord came passing by, he said, if I have found favor in your, in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant. In the, in the New Living Translation, he said, if I found favor in your side, he said, stop here for a while. In the God's Word Translation, he says, stop to visit for a while. The delay of the promised child, by the reason of God's visitation, brought about the delivery of Isaac. In your case, God will not just visit you. He will stay with you. He had a child of the promise. The Israelites in Exodus chapter 3 verse 21. The Bible says in the Amplified Version. I will give these people respect in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when ye go, ye shall not go empty. They were slaves for over 400 years. Slaves. But God determined that when they were to leave that place of slavery, they would not leave empty. You know what God did? In one night, there was a wealth transfer. One night. One night. One, how? We won't live in our country now, okay? Borrow me your gold. Borrow me your silver. Only one supernatural button must have turned their minds to know that what is borrowed and taken to another country that you don't know cannot be gotten back. Now, some people say it's robbery. It's not robbery. These guys have been working without pay. You might have worked for people. You might have labored in places where favor never came to you. Hello? Hello? I announce your visitation in the mighty name of Jesus. Your favor is coming to you in a hurry. You will not go empty. You will not be put to shame. Don't make God your visitor. Make him your landlord. That is why the Bible says in the book of Psalms chapter 1. The Psalms of the blessed man. Whatsoever. Because he has made the Lord his delight. And his pleasure. Therefore whatsoever he doeth. Lift your right hands like this. Now examine the hand very well. Now imagine all the greatness you have ever imagined all your life. Can you see them? Now, I really need you. I'm very serious. Look at it. Now, imagine those, 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 those positions you want to handle. Oh. Your hands will handle them. I say your hands will handle them. This same hand will handle them. Stand up. In Psalm 23, this is how it puts it. Psalms chapter 23. He concluded it like this. When he said, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, blah, 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 and down. When he got to the last verse, he said, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. When I read through that word, man of God, this was what I found. That goodness are not events. Or goodness is not an event. Goodness is not an action. Goodness in the original Hebrew text is a now. And what is a now? That old nursery school, primary school. A now is the name of any person. Uh-huh. God bless you. Goodness and mercy are people. Now, if you understand what the realm of the spirit is, you find out that sometimes when you hear goodness and it refers to angels it's not talking of one angel it could be an angel with this group of company that are assigned to make goodness happen 
Let me see you more. Mercy is not a person. Now, the number of angels we have in heaven are more than the ones we have on earth. The more than the people we have on earth. And the number of angels we have in this world are more than 7 billion people because theology says that at least 1,000 angels walk with every human being before they die. Whether they are Christians or not. And when they become Christians, it increases. This actually means when God is saying goodness, he's not talking of 1,000 angels. That are <laughs> is it because I'm not shouting? Goodness I will call them legions. I will call goodness a company of innumerable number of angels working to make goodness happen to you. The assignment is that anything good, they must make it happen to you. The assignment for mercy is that anything called mercy, ah, when you actually make that error and you are supposed to die by it, mercy will step in on you. At that time, at that time when you thought that all hope was gone, mercy will show up. And today, lift your hands up in the air and thank him for his favor. 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 Thank him. Thank him. Ushanda takalabaha. Lindo kobaha. Linda kekosaha. Linda kabaha. In the name of Jesus. Now look at me. Just move a little from where you are standing right now. It's prophetic. Just move. Okay? You might not need to move too much. As you have made that move, begin to proclaim how you want tomorrow to look like. God is here and we know it, so ask of him anything you will. And make sure you write it down after now that you ask God today. Sun shall not smite thee by day, not the moon by night. Sun shall not smite thee by day, not the moon by night. Say the Lord of hosts. Say the Lord of hosts. The sun shall not smite thee by day, not the moon by night. The sun shall not smite thee by day, not the moon by night, say the Lord of hosts, say the Lord of hosts. The sun shall not smite thee by day, not the moon by night, the sun shall not smite thee by day. The sun shall smite you by day, not the moon by night. The sun shall smite you by day, not the moon by night. Say the Lord of hosts, yes. Say the Lord of hosts. Now, before. I do the next thing. I just want to break it down. I want to set the record very straight. These blessings is not a blessing. It's the blessing. If you are here and you don't know Jesus, we believe you have been blessed by this message. 
To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Highly favored.